Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I'm your host, Linda Huang, and today's episode talks about how a local comedian has used social media to build community and engagement. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is being recorded right in my home because it is COVID pandemic times and we are not supposed to be out and about. So it's a Zoom call. And uh, if it sounds a little less professional than before, that is why. Don't Call Me a Guru is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. Lars Kaliu has appeared at the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal and has a one-hour comedy special currently airing on the Comedy Network. He's been overseas to entertain the troops four times and is a two-time Canadian Comedy Award nominee. He can be heard on CBC's LOL, CBC's The Debaters, and on Sirius XM Radio. Lars has toured with the likes of Miss Joan Rivers, Jeff Foxworthy, Bob Saget, and Martin Short. He's appeared at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival many times, the Halifax Comedy Festival, and you might have seen him on Twitter, where he's very active and over the years has built quite a following and quite a community. Welcome to the podcast, Lars. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for virtually uh, joining. Um, I mean, we're using the free Zoom version, so I, I'm told that you only get 40 minutes for free calls. So we'll see what happens if we hit that 40 minute mark. <laughs> well, it could be a cliffhanger. So <laughs> yeah. if we tell your listeners ahead of time that they could, they could wait, if they look at their watches now, they'll realize that when we're in mid discussion later, that's where the conversation ends. So it'll be, if, if, <laughs> if it gets to 10,000 listens or 10,000 yeah. views, then, then we'll do Then we'll do the to be continued, but yeah, otherwise, we'll pick it up that, again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the end is the end. So, Lars, I'm wondering if you can share when, how, and why you started using social media, particularly Twitter. You're very active on Twitter. Um, and how has your use of social really evolved or changed over the years? Oh, you know, that's a great question. And I'll try and keep it to Twitter and Instagram. Sure. But um, I hadn't thought about over the years. So... When I first started in stand-up comedy, I started doing comedy in 2003 and then really started working hard at it in 2004. And in 2005, Dane Cook had really built a massive following on social media. So it was in its infancy. And the first person to really get utility and usefulness out of social media was Dane Cook. And so he built this massive fan base on, I think, I could be wrong, Nexopia, but certainly MySpace was one of the reasons that Dane Cook blew up the way he did. Right. And so I wanted to see if I could get 10,000 MySpace friends <laughs> who lived in Edmonton or a surrounding area of Edmonton. Right. And um, who were between the ages of 18 and 35 predominantly comedy club going people. So this would have been 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I figured out that it would take me about 45 minutes a day to add 187 people, which was, which would be what I would need in order to get to 10,000 within a year based on the friend acceptance rate. Wow. <laughs> so I had a day job at the time and I sat down, I'd come home. I worked for Epcor, loved working for them. Great company, real, real big fan. Mm -hmm. sincerely and uh just loved a lot of things I did so I would come home from work I would sit down at my computer and I would work 45 minutes diligently <laughs> adding people so I would add them and send them a message saying hi I'm a comedian from Edmonton right 
um, you know, here's, if you want to come to one of my shows, here's where I am. Here's some of my work. And so after about six months of doing this, Facebook took over and MySpace became a ghost town. Mm-hmm. And so it really um, wiped out all these, all this effort I had put all, in. All the plans you had. <laughs> yeah. And so to add, to answer the question, the long-winded answer to the first question of how did, how is my social media usage changed? Well, since I became deliberate in trying to get people out to, you know, comedy shows and actively engage people on social media, it hasn't really changed, but there was a long period of say four or five years where I couldn't think of a way to replicate what I was trying to do on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And so because Facebook just didn't operate the way MySpace did and that you, you weren't trying to rack up friends, you were trying to connect to people that you knew. Yeah. yeah. So my friend Derek, who's, who's um, he used to write uh, a web article in the Gateway when we were in university together. And he came up to me one day in 1994, 95, and he said, I set you up with an email. And I said, <laughs> what's an email and he said electronic mail and I'm like that's never going to catch on yeah so so Derek was the one who told me I had to be on Twitter he said you have to be on Twitter you're a, you're a comedian you have to be on Twitter and so I'm like I don't know I don't know anything about it first time I heard of Twitter was 2008 I was in Seattle and there was a one of the other comedians was tweeting and I was like I don't know what that is and then Derek insisted and I he's uh, he's great uh, with his direction and so I got onto Twitter and I really wanted the name Extra Lars. So I have extralars.com and .ca and MySpace and blah, blah, blah. And so I really wanted Extra Lars, but somebody else had it. Okay. And they weren't, yeah, they weren't active. So I tried to find the person, tried to find them, tried to find them. This would have been 2000, I think about 2010 or 11. So you knew and, even back then the importance of, you know, having your name and your, your brand kind of consistent <laughs> across the board. Yeah, for, for ease of, you know, yes. And I, I was a little bit deliberate in that way. And, you know, just a simple extra, like the word extra, E-X-T-R-A, and then Lars, which came from a Reader's Digest joke that I read when I was 12 years old, <laughs> where there was these two guys named Lars and they called one Lars. And they called the larger one extra Lars. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's a, that'd be a funny. So a friend of mine named Dana from high school commented on a Facebook post. Um, she said, uh, if you email Twitter and somebody hasn't tweeted in a year, they take the Twitter handle away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, email, oh, yeah, a little later. Yeah, so I emailed Twitter, they emailed me back like this auto message, like, yep, it's now released into the cosmos. I went and got extra Lars. And about two and a half years ago, I basically restarted what I had done with MySpace on Twitter and that I followed 200 accounts that were active in Edmonton on Twitter every single day. So for 18 months, every single day, wow. Uh-huh, every single day diligently. It took me about a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, and I would sit down and I would go through the mayor's account, I would go through Kiss FM's account, I would go through, you know, people who are really active. I don't recall going to yours. I don't know if I knew how huge you were back then, but <laughs> I really wanted to get get um as many active people on Twitter as I could who who would follow me back. 48 hours later, I would unfollow everybody. So I, 
I copied the model that I had used with MySpace 10 years earlier. And over the course of a year and a half, I think if I had to guess, I have about 8,000 followers who are active on Twitter in Edmonton. Right. So I have 12,000 followers, but it's the ones that are, you know, my hometown where I do a bunch of my shows. And so that it's been the same. I I copied the model and it kind of came from Dane Cook getting big on MySpace. And I followed that, you know, five years later, however many years later. You unfollowed people, but that's not good. (laughs) Well, but. You followed them back? (laughs) No, I tried not to do that. I tried not to like keep following and I did this manually. So I didn't have a, I really wanted to do it on my own because I didn't want some sort of bot. people who didn't follow you back. That's correct. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So only the people following. And then once they followed you, you unfollowed them, which wouldn't have been very nice. (laughs) No, 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 no. I think that's in my, I I play very honorably. I play the game that I invented very honorably. (laughs) And I think I follow almost every, everyone or everyone who does follow me. There's a, you know, a few spam accounts and a few like, fans from from singapore that i'm like meh i don't know i go to singapore <laughs> once a year so i i'm like i don't know if i need to follow them back but no everybody more of the local community yes and and certainly you know winnipeg and seattle and and right. las vegas and san francisco so there's fans in all those places you know that, that i go to in melbourne and perth and everything so on instagram and twitter it's uh, extra lars and like i said I, I follow everybody back i i like the engagement and I like the the social part of social media. So yeah. I, I think, well, yeah, my use has, has remained pretty consistent. And it has been, you know, because this has been my job for 11 years and I have a lot of time during the day, I like to dedicate some time deliberately to social media. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is part of your job. Yeah, I think so. So you do, I mean, you've said it, you like the social part of social media, you like engaging, you do regular, I think what I see, you do regular activities online that kind of lend itself to building community. So it's interesting. I didn't know the history about, um, you know, the MySpace and adding people and then following people on Twitter and building out that way. And that makes your Follow Fridays initiative make a lot of sense now. (laughs) Or more sense, I think. Can, can you talk about and you tell people who are listening, uh, what is this thing you do, Follow Fridays, and, and what are some of the other uh, sort of initiatives you do online that, that, that get people really engaged and involved and, and talking to you, not just you, but other people. You're really kind of a conduit to, to like strangers meeting strangers locally online. <laughs> That's a, it's a wonderful compliment. That is such a nice compliment. And that is, it's, it really is one of my goals. So while I have the time to cultivate this group of what appear to be, you know, good people, uh, thoughtful, kind. Um, and when somebody steps out of line, when so I, I saw somebody say, if you're from, you know, whatever, Coquitlam, you're a piece of trash. And I private messaged the guy and I said to him, um, this is the reason that Twitter can be toxic, stuff like this. I go, there's, there's no need to do this. I don't know why you think this is a good thing. And I, I'm not the, the Twitter police, but I, I jettison those people very quickly. So I, I want it to be a positive experience. And then to answer your question about, I loved Follow Friday when it was a thing. Right. And, and I like the idea of being the last soldier on an island who didn't know the war ended. 
you know, that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, I'm still like, hey, <laughs> everybody's like, dude, why are you still wearing your fatigues? It's, it ended like 10 years ago. So for me, it's a little bit tongue in cheek in that I'm doing this thing, follow Friday. Here's some people that I think you should follow. And everybody is a little confused as to why I'm still doing this. <laughs> They're like, you know, like we don't do that anymore. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. It's like I'm the milkman and I show up at people's houses with my glass bottles of milk. I'm like, do you guys want to buy some milk? And they're like, who are you? Get out of here. I like that idea of, you know, if something was a good idea in the past, there's no reason really why you can't resurrect it for your own purposes. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 it's funny to me. So much of the, you know, so much of what I do is to entertain myself, but I want it to be a positive experience. And so So I do follow Friday, half to entertain myself, and then half to champion people who I'm fond of. Mm -hmm. So I think that because I've taken all of this time to cultivate these good people in this, and and I don't want to say a following because it makes it sound like I think I'm a leader. That's not what I think. I have these great connections, and I want to connect them with each other because I believe that they're great connections. People like you, people like Kim, people like, you know, the brand bloom. Ladies, like those people I'm so fond of as human beings, as entrepreneurs. So I do follow Friday to take all of this time and effort that I put in, in getting these 12,000 followers, and I share the wealth. So I want to share. So if I can get everybody 10 extra followers, 20 extra followers on a Friday, Mm -hmm. those are genuinely people who I really like. And Those are you know, modest numbers because I think I've seen people saying that they've gotten hundreds of followers from from participating in your follow Fridays. Yes, which it wasn't. So this was another thing that I had done, and something I'm incredibly proud of. And to refresh your um, your listeners' uh, memories, we're going to talk until it cuts off, and it's going to sound like she hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I want. I, I want you to continue recording if, if, you're, if you can record and just be like, well, I'm done with him. I think it'd be so funny to just be like, oh, that guy was so boring, click. Um, so I came up with this idea five years ago, four or five years ago, and it had been percolating for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so my idea, because I was playing this game, my idea was that I send out this tweet to Edmonton that's, that basically reads, if you retweet or like this tweet and follow everybody who does, then you should gain a bunch of followers. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this idea and I phoned Kim from, from Yeg Tweet Up. I phoned her and I said, Kim, I've got this idea and I've had it for a long time. And um, if you send out this tweet, I really think you could connect a lot of Edmonton. And she said, it's your idea. Why don't you send it out? Right. I'm like, ah. I think that if you send it out, it, it really, you know, your brand and you, I really think that you're the one who should do this. And she goes, no, I I love the idea. I'll participate. And I went, ah, okay. But I really wanted to give the idea to somebody who had a following like yours or like Kim's. I really wanted somebody. So she convinced me to do it myself. So I sent out this tweet, I want to say four years ago, and I messaged you directly and I messaged Kiki Planet. And I said, hey, I've started this initiative to connect Edmonton. Um, how do you, you know, how would you feel about participating? And you and Kim and Kiki made this blow up 
instantaneously. <laughs> it ended up getting over 100,000, 120,000 views. Um, it ended up uh, getting people in the neighborhood of five or 600 extra followers, all who were active on Twitter in Edmonton. And so we've made it annual. So every September we do this again and people message me and say, Hey, what, what, when in September are we doing this? Like, what, what's the date? Can I have the date? And so the, the weeks before people are really excited about this and I message some of my favorite restaurants and I say, Hey, just so you know, or some of my favorite charities. And I say, we're about to play this game. You should pick up five or 600 people who are active in Edmonton on Twitter and they're really good people. I really find that they're, you know, there's a few that end up being buffoons that we have to kind of weed out. <laughs> right. um, but those initiatives, it was just an idea that had been bouncing around in my head and it doesn't work without you or without Kim. Um, uh, there was a couple of Edmonton sun reporters who jumped on it. And if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have worked. And it did, it worked wonderfully and it connected all of these people and so it's become an annual, like if you're on, people want to do it on Instagram, but without the ability to retweet, I don't know how it works. Like I, yeah, you know, it's not just, for sure. yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, it was that. And, and it's been, you know, this last time there were people that got four, 400 or 500 and we did a second one mid quarantine, um, just to <laughs> mid season one. So yeah, it was, it was an idea that I really wanted to share my hard work with everyone else. You know, I think I'm, Great. I've always loved the idea of taking everything I have and just letting everybody take what they need out of it. That's mm -hmm. the philosophy. I love that approach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you've like, you've met, I feel like, or would you say you've met, a, you've met some amazing people through social media or you've made some great connections. Like the one I'm thinking of, you started to sort of incorporate uh, closed captioning into some of your shows or um, yeah, like subtitles, live subtitles uh, into your shows because you met someone on Twitter, Chrissy, uh, who was really advocating for that. Yeah, so she sent me a very nice message. So on Twitter, one of the people that jumped in on this game and ended up becoming a, you know, a, a connection on social media. So she is hard of hearing. And she messaged me and said, direct messaged me, and said, I'd love to be able to attend one of your shows, but I'm hard of hearing, so I wouldn't be able to. And I said, oh, well, then I'll make this happen. And right. then I, it started me on a path to learn about it. So I've had, I want to say three or four times in my career, I've had a sign language interpreter. So there's been somebody doing sign language on stage. And I thought that's how they still did it. So when I was talking to Christy, I go, who would I go to to hire somebody? I want to know how this, how we'll go about this. And they, um, she said, it doesn't really, that's not as common anymore. They use a thing called um, communication access real time, C-A-R-T, CART. And so they use a CART person. And I didn't know what CART was. So CART, or a person who does CART, is basically a stenographer or court reporter. They also do closed uh, or captioning for television. So if you've ever been watching TV and you see there's a typo and you go, oh, I wonder what happened there. There's a person live typing that. There's a person typing the captioning for television. And so um, I did a little digging. I had done a Christmas party for a whole bunch of court reporters a bunch of years ago, reached out to a friend of mine. She said she wasn't available, put me in touch with a guy named Jeff Weigel. Now, if you want 
anything captioned, you're doing a show, you're doing a speech, and you want it to be accessible to the deaf or hard of hearing, Jeff Weigel is the world <laughs> champion. He is the fast, actually, if you Google Jeff Weigel world champion, he's the first Canadian to ever win the award for the fastest captioning. And you've seen his work, um, you know, that Linda's seen him, and it's unbelievable. It is. He's very fast and funny. <laughs> <laughs> he is wonderfully funny. And so he has done three of my shows now. And I would like it. Um, he gave me a sweetheart of a deal. I don't, <laughs> if you're going to use him, he's worth every penny. But because it was, you know, it was Chrissy's who taught me and connected me and, and taught me about the, the way that they're doing this now, um, most of the time. And he has just, I mean, been amazing to deal with. What I would like to do is every time I play a comedy club for a week, I would like to make one of the shows accessible to the, to the hard of hearing community. Because, you know, I'd split the cost of the club or perhaps we could find a sponsor um, and to have somebody come in. Just comedy is comedy and everybody wants to go to comedy. Everybody, a few people. I don't really like comedy. Yeah, you do. You just haven't found <laughs> your, your, you know. Your type of comedy. <laughs> sure. But everybody likes go whether it's a clown or a mime or a improv or whatever, you know, sketch, stand up, whatever. So musical comedy. Um, so I'd love to make it so that one show a week in all the clubs, it was just accessible to the, to the hard of hearing because they'll, there's a significant enough community that they'd be like, well, Friday early shows, right. that's, that's okay. cart night at, at the comic strip. And so I, I like that idea. And, you know, as far as I've seen, we were the first to have cart at a comedy show and I don't care about that feather in my cap. I really just I love mean, the idea of, you yeah. Know, I mean, but you, you deserve it. <laughs> But Chrissy I, deserves it. Yeah, I, you, yeah. It was her, you know, she she really did reach out and say I'd come, but I can't. And right. I said, well, then how do or we make this happen? Connection could happen online. Yeah, and it was really from Twitter that initiated that entire, that started that entire initiative. Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> and we're just going to take a quick break now for a message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city, cultivated by the community. Taproot publishes a weekly media roundup sharing the latest news, events, openings, and updates on media, public relations, and communications in Edmonton. It's curated by me, <laughs> Linda Wang, who has experience in both journalism and communications, and I'm also the host of this podcast that you're listening to, Don't Call Me a Guru, a fellow member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Media Roundup for free at taprootedmonton.ca. In the past, when your friend Derek was telling you you should be on Twitter, and you're like, what is this thing? I think still probably there's lots of people who are not on Twitter, or they think, eh, I don't need to be on there, or there's other social networks, or it's not for me, because they don't know, you know, like, like comedy's not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you, how have you convinced other comedians to to come on the platform or or have you um but what i mean what do you what do you say to people who maybe still don't quite understand the the opportunity and the power of social media so there's a very funny sometimes dark um but very funny guy local he, he did comedy a little bit but he was actually a big time club dj his name is hector castro so if you're on twitter uh, Sir 
as an SIR, Sir Hector Castro. Mm -hmm. If you go follow him, he just got on it uh, probably two weeks ago. And now he was posting all of these incredibly funny uh, Facebook um, statuses. Very funny. And I said to him, like, Hector, you got to get back on Twitter because the cleverness of the writing of Twitter is, I think, one of the things I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So once you learn, you know, that there'll be a hashtag joke running around and you learn to click on the hashtag. So I encourage people who are clever writers, certainly. I'm like, you have to start putting this on Twitter because it gets shared around so instantaneously. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're so quick to be like, oh, here it is. Um, as far as comedians, I don't know if it's, I personally find Instagram just to be a little less effective because I can't bring, because I don't think I'm uh, overly pretty. And so <laughs> I, I don't like doing stories or, you right. know, here's, here's me talking. I'm, uh, aspect, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like the, the written word. So for me, Twitter is my favorite. It is really, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And as far as self-promotion, you know, having a minute long video or doing any of that, um, I think that it's almost necessary. And I tried to verify this a couple of months ago. I remember seeing an article about this many years ago, but Edmonton is uses Twitter more than any other city in the world per capita. Oh, great. I didn't know that. So, so I tried to find the article to verify this because I remember seeing it. I remember being uh, at the Druid at the time and seeing this article and I searched and searched and searched. I searched all the, so if anybody finds that article, please send it to me at Extra Lars. But I mean, um, I recall a few years ago, Edmonton, the Edmonton hashtag was the most used in Canada, but I don't know yeah. about the world per capita one. Yeah, so I didn't verify that. I like to be factually accurate, um, but I believe it. Uh, you know, Edmonton <laughs> is so active on Twitter and our hashtag, you know, is, is the most used. I recall that article as well. So anyway, I, I think that as if you're an entertainer, you know, whether there's some, some fantastic burlesque dancers that, that appear at Spotlight Cabaret, there's some great theater, there's fantastic comedians. I think it's necessary to be on Twitter and especially in a city like Edmonton that's so active on it. So for me, anybody who's clever, I think it's, it's the place for you. You know, there's a, a guy named Matt Gubzer out of San Francisco. And Matt G-U-B-S-E-R, Gubzer, mm-hmm. he is one of the most clever, hilarious people in the world. And if you want to see Twitter at its finest, Matt Gubzer's the one. He's somebody like that who's, you know, got this wonderful perspective and, and this can be topical and, and funny. And it's, it's the wittiness of it that I enjoy. I, I think that Instagram usage is blowing Twitter out of the water, but I think I think they're, the utility of them is a little bit different, but I love, I like them both. What do you, um, I mean, I think lots of, so people listening uh, usually are people who do social media for businesses, brands, or maybe they have their own personal uh, kind of brands online that they're trying to build up. Um, and negativity, I think, is something that we, that ev- any social media user has to deal with or, or might come across during their use. I'm thinking for a comedian perspective, 
I mean, I was thinking about there was a comedian that got hired for SNL and then they found old controversial tweets and then he got fired. Uh, what is your, I guess, what's your experience with dealing with negativity and trolls? What's your advice for that? Um, and I'm, I'm just curious, even from that comedian perspective, is it, you know, it, what's the balance between being kind of edgy <laughs> online and also not crossing lines? Uh, but, or do you cross the lines? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's uh, so there's a lot of great points there. So, um, the first part of the question was, we were talking about the SNL guy. I just yes. drew a blank on the first part of the question. Yeah. Um, so the SNL guy, you know, he tweets a long time ago, it gets dug up and then he gets fired because the tweets weren't, you know, P, let's say PG. Or yeah. So or how does someone approach something like that? So I, I, I believe in accountability in that um, to each their own, as far as, you know, comedians, I wouldn't ever tell a comedian what kind of material to do on stage. I would never tell them what kind of material to tweet. So that's really up to them. Right. Um, and, and they're following oh, trolls was, was the other part of the question. Yeah. So, so I wrote top 10 lists that I've been posting on Twitter now for the past week and a half. And they were top 10 lists I wrote in 2004, 2005 and 2006. So I wrote them, they ran in the Edmonton journal. Um, and it was 15 years ago. So I've reluctantly posted a few of them because it, it, there was a couple that kind of imply misogyny a little bit. And, and I really was like, oh, duh. Like, like top 10 things your wife would never say. And this was 15 years ago. Like I'm, you know, in my 20s. But I, I read that and I looked at it and went, you know what? I'm going to post this because I want to hold myself accountable for what my writing was like back then. And I don't want to delete anything. So, um, you know, I, I really don't make anything uh, racial or racist. I try not to. And somebody found a tweet of mine where I had made a, there was Somali pirates were a problem. And I made a joke about the pirate ship in West Edmonton Mall and Somali pirates. And I had said, hey, Somali pirates take over the pirate ship. And somebody said, well, this is racial. And I went, oh, you're right. And so I didn't take the tweet down and I owned it. But I also went, you know, I believe that everybody evolves. Mm -hmm. I believe that we mature. I believe that we become better people. I hope that I'm a better person now than I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a year ago. Mm -hmm. So I believe in all of us being redeemable. I believe that, that we can all find forgiveness for a mistake we've made in the past. Right. And I believe that, so when you look at something like that, if it, took like the guy who got fired from SNL, I, if, if it was really heinous, if it was really hateful, then you're like, all right, maybe this is, maybe this is how a person feels. And I'm not opposed to cancel culture, taking that and run, you know, running with it. But if you read it and you went, all right, 15 years ago, maybe that was okay, but it's not now. Right. And the person went, look, 15 years ago, I wrote something that could read chauvinistic. And it, I'm not proud of it, but I wrote it and I didn't think or feel that way. And if you look at the, if you look at the person's say, let's say you go five in the past five years, has the person repeated that mistake? If not, maybe they've made some changes. Maybe they've grown up. Maybe. So I, I, I give P I make allowance for, for, for forgiveness, for, for redemption, for somebody, you know, finding some, you know, some peace 
with a past mistake, certainly. And then about tr uh, me personally, I try not to use profanity on Twitter right. or Facebook or Instagram. That's just, so if I use the F word when I'm really angry, I will put in a number sign, you know, asterisk. So you, you can find, obviously, you know what the word is, but I try not to do that simply because I think I can be more clever than profanity. For me, if I, if I find myself resorting to profanity, um, then I'm like, oh, I've, you know, I'm better than this personally. I think I'm intelligent enough to use my words, air quotes, on a, on a, <laughs> on a not. Um, as far as trolls, yes. Um, uh, dozens, uh, lots, there's certainly. <laughs> and I, depending if there's a, there's a really wonderful story. I think it was, it was either Sarah Silverman or Patton Oswalt, but I think it was Sarah Silverman. And somebody um, on Twitter said something really mean about her. And she's like, what, like, what is this about? Like, what do you, and she engaged the person asking if there's something else there. What's going on? Turned out the guy had these back problems, couldn't afford his medical bills. Da, da, da. She starts to go fund me, pays for the guy's back surgery. And I'm paraphrasing this story, but mm. I, I think that when somebody's in a place of not liking themselves too much, they don't, you know, maybe they didn't have the support group. Maybe they don't have, maybe they don't have a circle of people that support and believe in them or, or champion them or help them. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, I always want to find out if I can help that. I've got time on my hands. I'm, you know, six foot two, 225 pounds. I can meet with anyone and not, you know, I'm like, you want to go for a coffee? Like, right. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to see if I can humanize this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're just, they're just lunatics. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, they're, they want to create fake Twitter accounts. They want to dredge up the past. They want to, you know, they, they want to try and ruin your day. And in those moments, you can just block them, you know, just because they're going to have to take the time to create another account and do it again and message other people. And, and I've experienced that over the past, you know, eight or nine years quite a bit, but I, I don't, I, I really don't let it, like, it doesn't affect me because I'm like, gosh, I hope they find some joy. You know, I hope they find peace in their life and I hope they find happiness. And I, it sounds cheesy. It sounds like, sounds like I'm being cliche. I really do mean it. I want those people to find peace where when they go to bed at night, they're not thinking about how they can ruin somebody else's day. They're thinking about how, how can I make somebody's day? What can I do to make the world a better place instead of trying to tear something down? Because I think that when people do that, you know, there's, there was this great psychological study I read Every time you remove a sense, so you remove seeing somebody, physically being able to touch somebody, uh, hearing somebody in person, it removes empathy. Mm -hmm. So when somebody watches a YouTube video or watches and says something mean, <laughs> they, they, they have removed empathy for other human beings. Absolutely. So that they no longer think of that as a person. They're like, well, that's just this person's YouTube account. So I'm going to say something terrible about it. Mm -hmm. And that's where they are in that place. And the idea of people waking up, going to bed, you know, uh, the, one of my favorite quotes, a clear conscience makes the best pillow, mm -hmm. you know, go to bed at night and know that you did the best with what you had that day. And, and that's it. And I hope that those people find that, um, you know, the people who want to troll, 
me or you or Cam or whoever, um, I feel like part of me, I go, well, I've given them a sense of purpose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if nothing else, <laughs> sure, I've given them something to do. Like I hope when they wake up in the morning and they think to themselves, ah, I'm going to go see if I can ruin Lars' day today. And I'm like, well, well give, I've given them something to do. Like, I, you know, <laughs> they're going to have to create three more Twitter accounts and two more Facebook accounts today. But they've got purpose. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe that makes them feel good about themselves. And yeah. in a way, yeah. I'm making the world a better place by, <laughs> by know, giving by being, them. Yeah. Mm, so. <laughs> and now we have one more ad break to get to before we return with Lars. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by The Loop, a new podcast from CBC Edmonton. Host Tara McCarthy of Edmonton AM takes you behind the scenes every week, sharing details that don't make it into a typical radio or TV story. There's always more to the story and more to learn about our city. That's what The Loop is for. Find The Loop on CBC Listen app or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it online at cbc.ca slash Edmonton. Okay, so I mean, we, it's not cutting off yet. So I think we're just going to keep, we're going to keep going until we finish this. In your face, Zoom. In your <laughs> face. Moon us out. <laughs> um, so I guess just one of my last few questions is kind of taking, I, I'm getting nuggets sort of as you're talking and, and how I might apply it from a, from a business perspective or if I was doing social media for a brand. Um, but I'm wondering if you can distill that is, uh, you know, what are a few, let's say three, what are three tips you would share with uh, small business owners or entrepreneurs or people that are managing social media accounts if they want to grow their brand or build their community or, or, or whatever it is related to social media? What, what advice would you give for them to hopefully be successful in, in what they're doing online? I think that one great question. I think that one of the things certainly is consistency. So if somebody were to start a podcast, if somebody were to start on Twitter or Instagram, consistency. So people really like it if they know Wednesdays at midnight, your podcast is available or they like to know consistency because people get into routine. So being consistent is number one. Um, just, I, I churn out content and, and I have, we do our follow Friday and everybody goes, I wonder who is follow Friday is going to be. And maybe they don't engage it, but every Friday they know I'm going to send one out. And so they're like, Oh, this is funny. This guy is trapped in the past. <laughs> and so whatever it is, consistency. So send out your tweets and, and whatever's on your mind as you learn to, to write stream of consciousness, as, as you learn to participate in hashtag games, as you learn, maybe sharing old pictures, maybe people want to see Throwback Thursday. If you're consistently creating content, people will continue to come back to your account or your page or anything like that. People really want something to do a lot of times when they're scrolling. I love when you tweet. I love, you know, there's a part of me that feels like I get to be a part of your life, mm -hmm. you know? So when you share the things that you do, I'm always like, that's so brave and vulnerable and kind and thoughtful and caring. And, and I love having you come out to comedy nights and I love seeing you there unannounced. Like there's, there, I feel like I'm a part of your team and, I, and I'm not saying that because I'm on your podcast. <laughs> I, you know, I actually believe that, you know, I'm like, this is one, this is my tribe. And so uh, being really consistent with that. And I, I remember 15 years ago, a friend of mine bought a audiobook 
and they paid 2,000 American for it. Oh my God. And I remember thinking, you're crazy. This is, why would you do that? And they loaned it to me. And it was Bob Proctor's The Science of Getting Rich. <laughs> and I loved it. And it was one of the most useful, one of the most useful things I've ever listened to. And when I, when I listened to it, what it said was, first, give people, I'm paraphrasing, give people more value than they're paying you. Right. So when people pay me for a comedy show or they, you know, I want them to feel like they got a steal of a deal. I want them to feel like they underpaid with your engagement, with your, right, maybe I wrote some jokes about their business, maybe any of those things. So, and the other thing that I really think is important is if you champion people that you are a fan of, if you, when you engage and you go, but this person, this person, it builds this goodwill and do it sincerely. I don't have an agenda, you know, so I don't know if I've monetized Twitter. I don't know if it's made me money. I, I mean, I've sold out some big shows, which I'm very grateful for, mm -hmm. but I, I wanted to make the people who came to the shows feel special. I wanted them to know I'll take the time and, and put uh, uh, their own name. I'll take the time all day to write out names to put on their tables to be like, this is reserved for you. And when you do those things to make people feel special, do it sincerely. Whatever crosses your mind, if you want to send a friend a text or you want to tweet out somebody, you know, hey, here's a, a restaurant I love. Mm -hmm. That creates goodwill. And so if you're always trying to give people more value than they're giving you, it, it comes back, I think it comes back sixfold. Every time I do something kind, every time I, I try and share something, it comes back to me sixfold. I find that I'm like, I have this great abundance. And I'm like, how did I didn't do anything to deserve it. So then what I want to do is I just want to give, them, give it away. I'm like, I have, you know, I don't, I, I don't have kids. I don't have big bills. I have a job that I'm successful at. So I'm the luckiest person in the world. So I just want to take everything I have and just let everybody else have it. Just you guys take what you need. I'm going to go make some more. Mm -hmm. And so, so be sincere in your social media engagement, but also work hard to, to support other people, businesses, because it comes back. It comes back in ways you, you never have believed. Somebody will call you one day and give you an opportunity that you, you know, and I think it's okay to call out, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to get into a back and forth, but I think when we see something where somebody is being really malicious or trying, somebody's doing something really terrible to go, is this, is this a, like, this is, this is the reason that people don't want to be on social media. And, and when we're called out as adults for doing something, you know, that's bullying or harassment, when somebody says, yeah, this isn't okay. Like, don't. You know, if I were to see somebody saying something negative about you, I go, just so you know, <laughs> everybody loves this person. And so what you're doing now is unacceptable. And we don't have to call each other names and we don't, you know, and if the person continues to be belligerent and terribly disrespectful, you just block them. But, but to call other people, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know if that's a good piece of advice for social media, but for me personally, I have no problem direct messaging somebody and saying, yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, take them aside and say, this isn't cool. <laughs> yeah. And the guy was great. You know, the guy's a friend of mine on Twitter. Now, when I said that to him, I'm like this, look at this, man. We don't like, you're slinging a bunch of mud. My God, like, I don't want that on my timeline. And they were wonderful. I think most people are grownups. So let's see if I can come up with another uh, more clever. Um, 
it's okay to ask for help. Um, there was a, you know, somebody, let's say there's Ed the Sock. So a friend of mine, Ed the Sock's on Twitter and he has 50,000 followers or something. And he's, a, you know, the Canadian comedy icon. A friend of mine had a comedy album and messaged Ed the Sock and said, hey, could you promote this? And Ed the Sock was like, absolutely, and promoted it for him. So um, I have a, an initiative that I'm working on where I'm going to need the help of some friends. I want to raise money for enter full-time entertainers who have children. I want to take all the money I raise and I want to give it to entertainers with kids because if they're a full-time entertainer and they don't have an income for the foreseeable future, and I've reached out to some of my friends to say, hey, could I have a hand when I launch this? When I launched the follow for follow game, I reached out to you. I reached out to Kim. I reached out to the, you know, the big, you know, big follow accounts that, that are my friends. And so it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, Don't that. have, you know, there's no shame in just going, Hey, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're happy to help. You need anything from me. I get it all the time. And I've even said it on Twitter. If you have an event, a fundraiser, if you have an account and you want me to promote it, message me, I'll do it for you. Because if, if you're reaching out and saying, Hey, here's something that I support. Here's something I believe in. I, you know, I, I, I can tell you direct message me at extra large and I will delightfully, I will gladly help out. I love that. That's great advice, Lars. I'm full of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, I, uh, just because I literally every minute that passes, I'm just waiting for this to like stop working. <laughs> Do you have anything else uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners today um, related, related to social media? Although you can plug whatever it is if you're doing, are you doing virtual shows coming up? Is there, or what else? What else I am this Saturday. I'm doing my first virtual show. Um, I will say, so I want to do, um, I, I was reluctant to do, to do it, but a friend of mine's birthday in San Francisco, he reached out to me and said, will you do a spot? And then I'm doing one in Kuala Lumpur. The, co the comedy club in, um, in Malaysia is run by one of the funniest comedians I've ever seen in my life. It's called The Crack House. <laughs> and so his, he's doing one, and he asked me to headline that. So I'll share that. It's going to be like 9 in the morning <laughs> uh, because of the time change. Um, but, and here's, so after I get off the phone with you, I'm going to be working on, um, I want to see if I can put together a telethon. Now, my vision for it, I haven't announced this anywhere else, so this is... <laughs> Hot off the press. Nice. Um, you guys are, this, you're getting the scoop. This is the um, scoop. <laughs> I hope it cuts off right now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be perfect. I'll just, in, in editing, I'll just make it cut off intentionally for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, I want to see if I can do a telethon. And I'm going to play uh, musicians and comedians, pre-recorded clips, and run a 12-hour telethon on some social media. And I want to take all of the proceeds and give it to entertainers who have children. Uh, focusing mainly on Canada, but, but I'm happy to share it around to anybody. And so that's, that's what's coming up. That's the project I'll be working on next. And I recorded uh, a comedy album, a new comedy album in November. And we should have that edited in the next two weeks. Um, so other than the cover art, uh, I will have a new comedy album that I give to people for free. Um, I don't, I can't bring myself to hawk, um, <laughs> merchandise. So just message me at extra Lars and, and when it's ready, I'll, I'll just drop box it to you or send it to you in some format that 
yeah so other than that i'm you know i'm excited uh, and i hope that um i hope i really hope that people are finding enough to do and i and with the stuff that they're doing i hope that they are improving if they if they if they ever thought about and i know so many i'm going to learn a language and work out and i'm i hope you are i yeah. hope people do yeah. because i look at i look at the pa- passion with which you live your life and it inspires me all the time it always i'm like hey, i could be working way harder than this i <laughs> so i i think I, I i am i am a fair bit lazy too i just don't tweet about it <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Any lasting words on how social media has changed your career, your life, or your perspective? Um, some, something related to that. <laughs> it's, it's definitely made it um, more positive. You know, with comedy, it's nice to have people go, oh, well, I'd go see his comedy or share a little clip around, or I don't have a whole lot on YouTube. I'll, I'll be putting more on soon. But I, I really, I love the fact that because I cultivated this, this con- all these connections, that I can share it. And so I think that if you work hard to promote yourself, your brand, your business, share it around, share the wealth. I, I think that, that when that happens, when that takes place, everybody benefits and the world becomes a better place. Thank you so much, Lars. My pleasure. Are you you're gonna start recording now? <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> Good timing. Thank you to Lars. Thank you to the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. Thank you to this episode's sponsors, Taproot Edmonton and The Loop by CBC Edmonton. I am probably going to be doing these Zoom interviews for at least the next, let's say the next couple months. And then hopefully the pandemic uh, and the isolation restrictions will be uh, alleviated by then. But, But if not, hey, we've got virtual chats we've got zoom we've got the technology to keep this podcast going so stay tuned for the next episode thank you so much for listening if you did like what you heard today please give don't call me a guru a rating on apple Podcasts if you're listening on apple Podcasts, or just uh, some social media love would be would be great too